we'll do this bit first. Okay, is that all right? We'll yeah, start with yeah. this. What's start this? with the first bit. Yeah, well, that's probably best. Isn't yeah, it? we've somebody's got in touch with us. Oh, oh. Um, what? What have they said? Who is it for? What's it? Tell me about it. Right. Uh, I'm, I tell you what. How about this? We're, uh, we're going to play a little Q and A. All right. Right. Okay. Now we're not, but I've always wanted to say that. Right. Ever since I saw True True Romance, Do you know, is the, the uh, Quentin Tarantino. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm going to play a little Q&A. I've seen it, but I can't really remember it. Yeah. It's got Christian Slater in it. That's right. This, that is, right. We're going, yes, we're going off on tangents here. Okay. However, we are going to play a little game here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you yeah. what you think this is. Right, okay? <laughs> You're going to tell me what I think this no, is. No, wait, I'm going to ask you what you think this is. <laughs> right. If a, a man wakes up, in a dark, foggy, beautiful, yet hostile world after causing a fatal car crash. What's this? It's uh, Twilight Zone. No, but isn't that interesting? It, you didn't say it might have been an episode of The Tales of the Unexpected. Well, it didn't sound like Tales of the Unexpected to me. It right. sounded a bit more like Twilight Zone. Though. Right, shall I keep going? Yeah. Right, after this car crash, uh, he, no- he navigates the, the where he is. He's spellbound by its stunning ethereal. He's spellbound by his stunning ethereal, ethereal. nature. Right. Hang on. See, <laughs> see, so I'm thinking here, it is more like Twilight Zone rather than. Yeah, okay. Because you don't often get an ethereal nature, do you? No. That's why neither of us know what it is, I suspect. Yeah, or like it, if it had said. And accompanying it is some really weird sax music. Then you'd have gone, Tales Unexpected, no question. Unless but this it was doesn't say Accordion music, in which case it tells the unexpected in France. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let me go on, right? Okay. It, in this ethereal nature, includes a lake with small stars floating on pitch black water. What's, what is this? What am I getting at? Tripping. Right, no. But we're on the same length, wave. Wavelength. We're on the same wavelength, Rob, because what this is, is a new story, oh, oh. okay, a new, a, the plot of a new feature film. Oh, right. It's by a guy called, sorry, it's by a, it is a team who are calling this the Black Lake. Hang on, I've got to look. Is that what it's called? Wait there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is for the, this movie called Black Lake, which... The people who are creating this, imagine that. Imagine all that stuff that we've just said. It has to be created. It's the be- etherealness. Yes, but you can do that with animation, right? Ah. So what they need is team of fucking amazing uh, animators. I can't draw. No, I'm not asking you to do it. Right. I'm asking our listeners if they know anybody who can oh, do it. Right. right. And if they don't know anybody who can do it, maybe what they can do is contribute on facebook.com uh, slash Black Lake Film, and then go to that, or you could go Twitter, uh, and they're at twitter.com slash Black Lake Film. Also, imagine all of that etherealness in <laughs> one you, film. I tell you what, it means it means extremely delicate and light in a way that seems to be not of this world. That's what it means. And that is exactly what this is. It's not of this world because it's it's basically it's animation. It's out of this world. It's animation. It's the tra- the strap. So. Let's right cut to the chase, guys. Go in and do it. Have a look. If you not, if you can't do it, just contribute to how amazing this is going to be. Clearly, right? I can, I can draw like you know. If you draw around your thumb, you can make it into a Labrador's head. 
you might have to show me this later. Oh, I mean, yeah. it sounds amazing. It's not. Right, okay. This is uh, Black Lake film, and the... Oh, this is... This, then, is Black Lake film, fogginess, etherealness, and crowdfunding. Go check them out. Have a look. Contribute, and if you're a fucking great drawerist... Get in it, get involved. Start, start, start looking for work, okay? Because that's what uh, this is all about. Right, best of luck to those guys. Let's get on with the show. Right. Did that sound all right? I think so, didn't it? It sounded, you know, it, I, I come across as slightly dopey sometimes in these things, don't I? Like? Yeah. <laughs> Are you in the Christmas spirit? That's really the question, isn't it? It's on everybody's lips at the moment. One of the questions. One of the questions, yeah. 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 Are you? Not really, no. Not after that one. I felt really miserable. <laughs> I mean, no, we'll get into it, but it's not, it's, the story's all right. It's a, good old, uh, it's a good old unexpected ending. Yeah. But it's just it's having somebody complain for 30 minutes has just bogged my head. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking, how would I sum it up? And I was thinking... Misfiring comedy, I would call it. Yeah, well, it was just too much of it, wasn't it? And also, I was a bit... I didn't know if that was his actual face or not. Does that make sense? <laughs> what, what, or if he was pulling a face? Pulling or, or a face. Acting, yeah, it? acting to be pulling a face. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah, I think I think probably. Because it's, it's Robert Morley we're talking about. It's Robert Morley. I think he's got the sort of face that falls into that sort of... As a default, isn't he? Yeah. Which is probably why he gets cast in those sort of roles. I said to you, yeah. it's the he's playing the sort of part that you would expect him to play. Yeah, which is, which is good. But he's honestly, it's not half an hour; it's twenty three minutes. But he spends all of that time complaining. He must have been exhausted. Well, I'm exhausted, and I didn't speak. No, I once saw a film with him in actually where he played a theatre critic, critic who had cretin, cretin, critic yeah. who had two poodles that he treated as though they were children, and uh, he was he was later tricked into eating them in a pie. I've seen that. I think it's 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 got Vincent Price in it. Uh, it might ah. be. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I think he's been on a jury and he's convicted in Doctor Fibes. It's about his Doctor right. Fibes. The something case of Doctor Fibes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, look, uh, we're uh, this is the start of episode. Ten of season three. Nine. Nine of season three. Nine. Oh, nine. That's right. Because there's only nine episodes in this season. Absolutely. And this is our final episode. It's our, it's our, it's our big one. It's the... It is a big one. And I tell you what, it is the return of Amanda Redmond. Uh-uh, she's my type. Not only has it got Amanda Redmond in it, it's got Joyce Redmond in it, who is in fact her auntie. I, and I thought there must have been some sort of relation. There, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the, with the, with the name. Well, uh, yeah. and it, is Joyce playing the wife in this? Then the, uh, the long-suffering wife. Yes, yeah. she's playing Linda Knox, who is married to Harry Knox, who is the uh, Robert Morley character that we've been discussing. Have a think about this before we go into the intro music. At the end of this episode, let's think about what what our best episode was worst episode and most memorable moment of season three and what we'll do is we will do the intro music and then we'll review this episode let's go
Welcome to the episode. This is the Tales of the Unexpected podcast, and I am one of the hosts, Chris. You are, and I am the other one, Rob, and, and together we are known as Coach Cobb. <laughs> just just cop, we? Just shoved it all together. Tote cop, tote cop, to cop, to cop. We are the Tote Tales of the Unexpected podcast with Chris and Rob, and you. Uh, we, as I said, we, this is the final episode of season three. So next time we're, we're going to have a bit of a break, but then the next time you hear from us, it will be one of our specials. I think we've decided on that one. Haven't yeah, we? yeah. We are doing inside number nine, aren't we? We're going to do inside number nine. It was. It was actually my choice of. Of, of it last time and I think we all automatically thought that you'd choose the next episode anyway yeah yeah. yeah. Um, and you've gone for, for I've gone for La Couchette, La Couchette. Uh, it's probably how, it, how it's said I think that's it Yeah, which is, I think it's the first episode of se- series two, two for them yeah. uh, and uh, one of my sort of personal favourites yeah. really. well that, so so what we'll, we'll do this episode first obvs uh, do you like what I did there? That's very you? good. It's very up to up to date. Yeah, I yeah. reduced the word by a portion. Oh, a bit, and, a bit, a bit uh, like Tot Cobbs. You, you, you're making a bit of a theme of this. Now. Yeah, absolutely. The, well, I've uh, I've, I've re- just realised now that explaining it as as I should have said obviously and I'd have been done with it. Yeah, you've made it longer, haven't you? Much much longer. Now then, um, I um, yes, we've already said Amanda Redmond's in this, yeah. who is looking exquisite. <laughs> As usual, uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll get to her. Is there anything we need to go into before we? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, to say that we are here in the toy factory this week. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I knew there was something missing there. And when I was on my way over, yeah, to the toy factory, yeah, I was driving, and I was the last part of it. I was thinking, I've, I'm sure I've forgotten to do something. Do you ever do this when you think? Something isn't feeling right. I've forgotten to do something. Yeah. You yeah. know what it was? Yeah. Forgot to indicate on the last turn. <laughs> into the estate bit. In, into the trading estate. Yeah, yeah. I, my, my, I knew when I, when I pulled up, I was like, summit's up, summit's up. And yeah. I, I thought, I didn't indicate to come in here. I'm a big believer in indicate. I've just bought one of them, well, I haven't just, I've had it for a while, but I've been, I use one of them dash cams. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, it's like uh, when somebody says, uh, well, told me this, if you're in the middle of an argument, pretend that somebody's recording it, and it automatically makes the argument, like, not go away, but better. Oh, you right. stop acting like an idiot. So yeah, I've, point. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've started recording my driving so that it makes me want to drive better and prove to the camera that I'm an alright driver. Yeah. But there is obviously the insurance side of it as well, you know, to have something to say that if, if I'm involved in something, I've got something to back up that... It yeah, unless, of course, unless, of course, it is your fault and you've been recording yourself doing it. You're knackered then, aren't you? Just eat, eat the evidence, that's what I usually do. Anyway, so... Uh, Yes, what was I saying? Uh, uh, we were talking about being in the toy factory, you were saying coming onto the trading estate. Yeah, I forgot but, to indicate. Uh, forgot so, to yeah, uh, yeah, so stuff like that, I'm now noticing when I've not done something that I should have done because I'm constantly trying to, to look like I'm an alright driver as if as if my life was on TV. Yeah, or as if you're being followed by a police car. A police car, that's the worst one, isn't it? Yeah. I was sat behind a police car. Uh, that we, we were pulled up at a traffic lights for a, a no the train light line thing uh, and level crossing yes the gates are down police cars in front of me and I'm behind the police car and I started to wonder all all of the things I'd done that were illegal <laughs> what in, in your life or in, this in my life really? that, that, that they could nab me for right now okay the 
I even questioned whether you were allowed to have music on in your car. <laughs> I honestly, it was like really panic stations. But no, you know, I think you're all right with music. Anyway, let that be a lesson to you, listeners. We are the Chris and Rob podcast, giving you legal advice for free. Because we, I mean, we start, we're not going to pay for anything. So. No. And, and of course, it is entirely fictional legal advice. And I would suggest that nobody relies upon it in any way whatsoever. <laughs> and that we take no responsibility for all that if you do. <laughs> Let's crack on. That's brilliant. Right. Right. We uh, start off the party with um, in the in a, at a dining table or breakfast table. Yeah, breakfast table. Yeah, yeah. He, a man, a grumpy man, just starting the complaint. <laughs> this will be a theme now. Um, complaining about stuff in the newspaper, and that, and that man is Harry Knox, as played by Robert Morley. He works for Peckham's Toy Store. Yeah, um, and he is actually the general manager. Of the toy store. Yeah. Now he has problems with with pretty much anything, and he he's a proper Daily Mail type of reader, isn't he? Is... <laughs> no, yeah, not to alienate any of our possible um, audience, but uh, I'd yeah. like to think that there are no Daily Mail readers listening to this. I probably, really would like to think, probably not. We... <laughs> uh, and if they are, if they are it try, try, try reading something yeah, else, I'll though. You know, else. Yeah, have a look but at the Guardian. The, uh, yeah. the Daily Mail reader would not read anything. else else would they they'd be like fuck that no they would probably wouldn't no, swear either. Say that, would say, no yeah. no I wouldn't I would suggest actually this is across the board don't read newspapers yeah. find out news three weeks later and it's not so bad anymore honestly it, it just makes the news a lot more like, nicer to listen to it's like three weeks ago this happened oh, that would have been bad back then but we're alright now well I have Google News as my homepage so that it well, comes that's dicey isn't it every, every day so, dicey I, well, I like to I like to read it you know I've stopped reading about Trump though because I find it so depressing well actually that's probably one of the things that Harry Knox would have had a go about is but, um, along with everybody else is oh Trump's at it again that's not <laughs> the only problem he has though he has his main issue uh, and the one he keeps coming back to is the fact that it's it seems to be his um, responsibility, cash, responsibility, yeah, to arrange the office party, the Christmas office party. He's now, done it for thirty years. Yeah. Do you get the impression he's asked, or do you think he's just one of these do-gooders that just decides hey, it's my job? I'll do it. I and, think, and complain about it and become a martyr. I think that by now, I don't know how it started. I mean, we know he's been. At, we find out he's been at the place forty years. Now, he's only been doing the office party for 30 years. So 10 years and somebody else was doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I don't know how he got it, but now he's got it. He wouldn't want anybody else to do it, but he wants to be able to moan about it all the time. Yeah. And well. I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. I'm not going to name them, obviously. No, clearly. But uh, anyway, so it's something to do with a bit of pride on the fact that, no, he wants to do it and he wants to do it right. What pisses him off is the people that come and and not notice what he's done. I think that's really it. It's kind of like, no, I'm going to do a good job of it, but when people come, that nothing happens. Like they don't they don't respect what I've done. Yeah, there's no. I don't get anything out of doing this other than what I'm complaining about now. What we also learn is that this is not actually at Christmas time right now. No, he's, this, he's, he opens by saying there's 28 shopping days to Christmas. I thought he said longer, 50-something. Oh, well. Oh, maybe he did say 20 because then he says it's the longest month of the year. Yeah, so it was, obviously. Yeah. 
So, um, anyway, uh, yeah. He so comes across as a bit scroogey. Scro- yeah, a bit scroogey, but also he's, he wants people to appreciate the Christmas office party for more than just dancing and getting pissed and trashing the place. What, what else is there? I mean, what would we be doing at our Christmas party? Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. He's com- he also complains about, about all sorts. Uh, he actually said, I love this line, actually. He says, the office party makes a great argument for euthanasia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's saying about there being lots of pensioners going and stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't, did, did, is this something that used to happen in the 80s but does no longer? Because I've never been to an office party where retired people go. I See, I've worked for the last... The last two places that I've worked, well, two, yeah, let's call them two places. They're massive, massive corporations. Yeah. And the parties are huge. But this place is a, it, I'm not saying it's a family run business, but it feels like it's a one building sort of thing. Yeah. So the office party is whoever's in the building. Yeah. And not just a selection of teams. Yeah. So actually, what he could be saying is that somebody like him who's worked there for 40 years, is that there'll be a couple of others who work there 20 years, 30 years and stuff. Yeah. It probably is full of pensioners because, you know, they're, they're tied to their job. They're not oh. moving along like in corporations. Right. So, so you, you reckon these pensioners are still working there? I, I, think that his, his, I think that the office party is, is different to what it is now. Right. I can't, I can't really sit... Mm. I don't share his issue with it because... In my parties, there are like, you know, it, it depends on how, how many teams are there, but it's generally people that are younger than me, me and people are younger than me. Right. He is the epitome, Harry Knox is the epitome of a of a businessman, um, a, a grumpy businessman. Yeah. I mean, this sort of reminds me of something else that I found on the net, to be honest. He wants to kill people at a party. I just... Uh, the uh, I was looking about this was on a website called ancientorigins.net and there was a discussion about the Ark of the Covenant and it must have been being carried out by religious types of people so the first person said uh, and I'll not, I'll not name him but uh, he said that uh, the Ark of the Covenant was removed by God from the temple in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified and the veil was torn in two, revealing the Holy of Holies. It's now in heaven with Jesus. The Ark represents Jesus. So that's. I don't know if I if I fully understand what you've just said there. Well, what, but I know what the Ark is because I've seen Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, right? But that's so, all I know. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be the thing that contains the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And there is some. There are a number of people, various organisations, who lay claim to actually having the Ark of the Covenant. Right. And so this was looking at who might have it. Right. And so one of the commentators says nobody's got it because it was taken into heaven by God when Jesus was crucified. Oh, so we're all looking for nothing then? Absolutely. Right. So okay. that's what he says. Now, there's a response to that which sort of starts off okay, but then gets more and more agitated as it proceeds. Brilliant. Let's, let's, let's hear this then. So... And what, what some of the words is written in um, capitals. Okay. So I'll try and try and show them. Okay. It says the the Ark of the Covenant disappeared during the two year Babylonian siege of Jerusalem in five three two BC. Nobody and nothing <laughs> got in or out of the city. 
Everyone was starved to the point where some ate their own babies. He actually says at their own babies, yeah. but I'm thinking ate. There was no way that the ark ever got out of the city. Jeremiah lists all that was taken to the isles and the ark was not among these things. Record would have stated it if it had been. The ark was never seen after. The <laughs> comment that it was taken by God at Jesus' crucifixion is proof of the ignorance and malfeasance of this lying spew. Yeah. Do not believe a single word that they say. They are an absolute liar. One that needs to be busted in the face for their ignorance and misrepresentation. <laughs> busted in the face. <laughs> Not a very Christian attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole Bill Hicks thing. We don't like what you said about Jesus. Well, forgive me then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that. That he sort of works himself up. And, and, you know, so he's starting off by saying nothing got out. Then he gets on to calling him a lying spew. And then he's a liar and then bust him in the face. I like the nothing and no thing. (laughs) Nobody and no thing. Right. Are you saying that this is what Harry Knox is like? That he just gets himself on the... Yeah, absolutely. The the trail of of upset. Yeah. Some people like it. You know that I enjoy watching Love Island. The only way is Essex and Towie. Yeah. Um... There are a couple of others. Big Brother, to an extent, yeah. more, more about what happens in it. But I watch those because I really enjoy having something to moan about. Yeah. If I if I don't have the things to moan about, it, it's cool. I'll not I'll not doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. But I enjoy just it's like a release of just going. I can't believe what I'm watching. The the big one. I think I've mentioned it already. Is the the overuse. I wouldn't. I say incorrect use. Of the of this of hundred percent. Oh, and when, when they were in the when hundred and ten percent and thousand percent. Well, no, that's that's another thing. But the when somebody says well, you should leave him hundred percent. Right. Now, yeah, I literally can't stand that. And literally <laughs> is uh, another one. As it, it's some, it's <laughs> as I say, I quite enjoy getting cross with it. Here's some of the tweets that I've. Um, Written about. Oh, first of all, I said improve Love Island by making it more like Saw or Hostel. It's just an idea. <laughs> uh, pin that for now. Right. Okay. Out of eight uses of the word literally on Love Island a couple of nights ago, only six were used incorrectly, which is a bigger improvement. Um, ten great uses of the phrase 100% in last night's Love Island. Uh, why say yes when you can use a proportion in relation to a whole, with, um, <laughs> which, which is a maths thing? Which is another thing, isn't it? It's like that hashtag maths, I would have said that. Um, so, uh, another day on Love Island, and another collection of slowed-down, plinky-plonky piano, shitty John Lewis advert cover songs, which I don't know if you've noticed. A lot. This is, it seems to be a fashionable thing to take a pop... A record, I should say. Yeah. Slow it down, get somebody... Get a cutesy girl singer on it, plinky-plonky music. Oh. You'll see it all over the place, and the next time you see one, well, if you've not noticed it, you'll, you'll go, oh, I know what you mean. Right. Even split tonight between literally and 100%. (laughs) Closely followed by obviously, though. Nice to see gravitating make an appearance again. (laughs) And the return of it is what it is. But vibe has taken an early lead. I actually wrote that within 10 minutes of it starting. Um, 
I'm sure there was a point to it. I enjoy getting worked up about it. I don't think I could have gone to that extreme, though, because that seemed like it was genuinely, like, you need to pay for your ignorance sort of thing. Yeah. Which is Who's how they would have dealt things. Is this Robert Morley, or is this the Angry Christian? Angry Christian. Yeah. That's how they would have dealt things in, in Christian times, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was a bit a bit like that in those days. Eye, eye for an eye business? Is that, that's probably yeah. pre-Christian. I well, I don't know. you know, the kind of like... I don't know why they got rid of Jesus, okay, but it just seems a bit extreme to, for somebody just well, to believe what they believe. That's Romans for you. Yeah. What are the what Romans, Romans ever do for us? <laughs> <laughs> we are in um, toy factory. A toy factory. Well, we're in the car actually now. We're on our way to the toy factory. This is not us. This is Robert Morley. He is listening to a how to speak French tape. Tape, which, yeah. which. Um, we don't know the reason for that. That becomes obvious in a minute. And it seems unlikely, doesn't it? It does. It seems like a... Why was this... There must be some reason. It could have just been his eccentric behaviour. Yeah. But, no, there is a reason. We'll find out in a second. We pull up outside uh, Peckham's toy Toys. van. And toy... And, yeah, yeah, and there's a van unloading, isn't there? Yeah, so we know that it's a toy shop, and uh, then we're introduced to... Amanda Redman, the beauty. <laughs> and it turns out that she is uh, Harry's uh, secretary, isn't she? That's right, yeah. Um, she's she's wearing one of those um, all-in-one all suits that, I was, yeah. that led me to sing about Althea and Donna the other week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I still love that. <laughs> um, she, well, she's a stunner, isn't she, let's face it. But... Uh, she gets in, involved in a conversation with Mr. Layton. Yeah, Gary. Everybody's talking about Mr. Layton, aren't they? I mean, uh, uh, Harry's wife has said, "Why don't you let Mr. Layton deal with it? He's a safe pair of hands, or something." Yeah. Layton looks he's, like he's he's odds on to get to take over. Certainly seems that way. Yeah. Isn't it? which yeah. is all right. He's a younger guy. You can't give it to Harry Knox, but Harry Knox has got a problem with this. Yeah, Harry Knox sounds like a bit like a detective in the twenties, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got one of those yeah. sort of names. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they're uh, they're talking about this possible merger, yeah, between a French no Belgian company. I thought it was French. Well, they said Brussels, right? So maybe well, whatever yeah. it is, but their head office is in Brussels. But this this merger from uh, uh, Leclerc. Le- Have you made that up or is that no right? Leclerc? I wrote it down. <laughs> Leclerc would be the other like the. Peckham's rival, yeah. and by merging, that they would become a bigger yeah. uh, international toy seller. Ooh, right? You've got to be wary of the monopolist commission. You do, you do, and that's what's scaring people because people will be out on their ass. Yeah. This will, this will def- absolutely mean redundancies if it goes through, and it looks like it's going through. Yeah, I mean they're actually saying everybody's job is at risk, especially Mister Knox is what is what they say because he's been there forty years. And his Christmas parties are known for cocaine abuse, <laughs> sex in the in the punch bowl. <laughs> I think that must have been a different show you've been watching. Cause yeah, I, you're probably I, I, right. I, I can't imagine old Harry getting up to that. Sort I of didn't it. write that down actually. I, that was that came. I had lived that one, right. and uh, so I, so it was just from my, the annals of my memory or my annals. Now then. Yeah, so they're then talking about Mr. Just, Knox. Just let me go yes. on this one, right? Yes. On the on the annals, annals. Uh, I uh, there's a, some sort of dispute uh, and about isn't it, whether Uranus is called the, the planet is Uranus or Uranus. Yes. 
when I was younger, it was Uranus. Uranus, yeah. Now it's Uranus. But when I was looking through these titles like I do, one of them said, Uranus is gaping open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, they must have known. And it was, it, was a story, it was a story about the fact that, uh, allegedly, and you see, now I'm thinking about the gases surrounding Uranus part in order to let out a big gust of, of gas. Oh, so it's doing what it's... it's so it's on the tin, yeah. yeah. Well, I was in... When, it, when I used to be a trainer, I, I was in front of the whiteboard mm. and I was writing analysis and somebody came into my room mid-writing. Mid, mid mm. We dealt with those people laughing in the background. I was like, I'll deal with this in a minute. Dealt with them, shut the door. Right, what's up? And I got partway through analysis. I got to the L, basically. So I'd written anal, and it was just anal was on the board for like five minutes, and they were laughing about it. Um, anyway, so it crashed, crashed. Now, so uh, what they're also discussing is not just the merger, but uh, Mr. Knox himself. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's a stalwart of the company, yeah. and he prides himself on his Christmas parties. But they're also talking about the fact that there's this secondary party. Yeah, they are. Now, those two are talking about the fact that there's a secondary party on the day before Knox's official Christmas party. Yeah. And it's going to be happening at the George. Yeah. They talk about it, not as if there's a conspiracy about it, but more that it's... it's it, we, you know, it's... Well, I don't know. There is some importance to it. It can't be moved. There is a reason why we're doing it. It's definitely happening. Yeah. It's going to cause a bit... Uh, Knox to be... Uh, his feathers are going to get ruffled. Yeah. That sort of thing. But just them two there, isn't Just it? them two. Right. But they know the, the type of person to deal with. Now then, um, uh, he overhears part of that conversation... Sorry, Mr Knox walks into the room and overhears part of the conversation. The part of the conversation he is is, is just his word party. Yeah. So he says, What's, what do you mean party? And they say, oh, the party at the George. Now, it's not as if they're trying to put him off. There's a bit of a smokescreen, okay? They're saying, you know, it's not for, it's not for old types, but you're more than welcome. Yes. There's going to be disco dancing, but you're more than welcome. Yeah. Bring your wife, but you're more than welcome. Uh, <laughs> now... He drink, then he drinks from a cup that doesn't have anything in it. Yeah, absolutely empty. Well, I noticed that uh, Mr. Uh, Latham, what's he called? Layton. 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 What, what had happened is uh, Amanda Redman had brought in a cup with a uh, saucer over the top, presumably for Mr. Knox's drink when he comes in. Mr. Layton, had ha- I'd seen him have a drink from this and then put the saucer back on. Right. But it, mu- it must be that he drained the whole cup and, like, drained it, drained it, because Knox turns it upside down, there's nothing in it. That's right. But that must be what, what that was about. Right. It was an odd moment, that. Yeah. And also, I was writing notes, I only caught the tail end of it, so I wasn't entirely sure what you were meant to have seen there. Right, right. okay. Okay, he's complaining... Right, more complaining yeah. about the party. Um, and also, he needs... He's been told to go and see Mr Peckham. Mr. Peckham needs to see you sort of thing. Yeah. And he also wants to have a word with Mr. Peckham anyway, so that's okay. Yeah. So we cut to the interior of Peckham's office, and he's surrounded by cuddly toys, isn't he? He's also away from his desk. It's like he's... Yeah, it's he's like in he's the set, sitting area. Yeah, he's like it? set them up specifically. I heard a clank there. Have you, did you hit something in the production? Yes, line? there's just... Yeah, Have one you? of the levers. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Now, 
it, this is what happens next. He he leans over to one of the bears with a cup of tea. Yeah. And, and then says to the bear, one lump or two. And then he hears the door go, and Mr Knox comes in, but any kind of, oh, I'll just put that down. What is going on there, Rob? Well, it, it looks to me as though perhaps Mr uh, Peckham is ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I've, I've had that cleared by legal as the explanation. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what's happening because, uh, and he is, and you know, they, there's no secret here. Um, if this merger went through, he, he wouldn't be in charge. Yeah. And if um, and even it, if it doesn't go through, he'd be looking for somebody to replace him. Yeah. So yeah, that's his prerogative, and it's because he's feeding drinks. <laughs> to, to cuddly <laughs> to toys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Robert Morley comes in and uh, he explains about the rival party. But Peckham seems really unable to grasp what's being said to him. Yeah, there's, yeah he's, not, he's either not concentrating, well, he certainly doesn't see there's a problem here, yeah. but he either, he's not concentrating. Or it could be that it's a ruse. Or it could be that it's a ruse. Now, he he also. I think all the way through this, I get the impression that even Peckham wouldn't be going to this secondary party. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing. He's, he's not disco down, is he? No, he almost, it's almost like, look, the kids are going to do what they want to do yeah. and let Amanda Redman do anything she wants. An interesting thing, right, about how things change in the passage of time is that when this was made, disco was the... The dance, the choice dance. Yeah, yeah, and like the event, it was the the in thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Nowadays, if you say you go into a disco, <laughs> people <laughs> laugh in your face, don't yeah. they? But it's, I love the disco dancing. <laughs> They'll be disco dancing. But what what do they call it now if it's not a disco anymore? I don't know. Just night out. Yeah. Uh, going to get mortal. Go, going to uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll know this from from. from I've Love seen Island, them all. I've seen them all. Yeah. Mortal is one. Right. On the Lash? That was no, that was more a nineties. Yeah, I remember that. Rip pop, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, we go. We get mortal then, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, now then. Uh, so, we've not, so Mr. Peckham doesn't seem to be following for no. whatever reason. What? What? Uh, That's right. Harry's also, saying to him. Yeah, his his answer to it is really: it's Christmas is Christmas. Yeah. Like it's this is going to happen. I don't mind. You shouldn't mind. Don't worry about it. That's what happens at Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is Christmas. Which seems fair enough. Yeah. Now, then Gary comes in. Now, we've seen Gary, the actor, before. Yeah. Is this Mr. Leishy? Uh, Leighton. Mr. Leighton. I'm having real trouble with his name. He's, play- he's played by a guy called Leonard Preston, who uh, doesn't have any... Uh, you see, Wikipedia I... Thing. It wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me if he's been in these before. IMDb. Got it, yeah. So we're looking around the 80s, aren't we? Early 80s. The party is the landlady, Billy Weaver. Ah, right. Well done, well done. But he's different because he's obviously a lot older... And he's got a moustache in this one. Yeah. It, it, well, that's it, one way to sort of disguise it, it, isn't actor, it? it? Stick a moustache on him. But Billy, in the uh, landlady, was meant to be a younger type. And, yeah. this, and Mr. Layton is obviously, he's, he's not old, but he's, uh, 
Yeah. Mature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, there we go. Well, you get spotted. Uh, oh, I'm impressed. Yeah. Now then, um, so, yeah, so he comes in and he's conducting some sort of uh, business with, uh, what's his name? Mr. Peck- Peckham. Peckham. Be- and, and this could be part of the merger, this could be part of his succession, could whatever be. it is, but... Uh, when Harry Knox leaves the room so that they can have the meeting, they start laughing and he can overhear them through yeah. the door. Yeah. So he, he listens and I didn't quite catch if anything we were meant to hear anything in particular. Well, but we, we do. it does seem that Mr Peckham's pulling the string on a, on a bear at this point. <laughs> oh, he did. He pulls the string on a bear and, and he says, talks to I'm him. coming to your party. <laughs> Is that right? I think he must do. Yeah, whatever he, he was. Do. But... He laughs, and, and he's not, like, "And I'm not going to Harry's." And yeah, they're fucking in on it together, and they're and they're laughing at me. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Anyway, he's pissed off at that. Now, <laughs> he's pissed off at everything. I, I, I started writing. He's pissed off at that uh, yeah. a few times. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll try and mention them all. Then, uh, oh yeah, so this is a taking exception to the rival party, and it's night time. Back at his house. Back at his t- house in bed. And he's, uh, he wakes up, he can't sleep. Yeah. And the reason he can't sleep is because he's pissed off about the rival party. Yeah. I mean, before this, he's uh, telling his wife that he's off his food and she's saying that she's been talking to Mrs Peckham and that uh, there's going to be a takeover. Uh, he's going on about the disco still. Then they, then they, yeah. go, to, they go to bed. So, uh, and he's just saying, it's fuss, fuss. One thing's quite clear here. Yeah. That he doesn't mind going through fuss as long as it's in his favour. What he fears quite clearly here, here is that he's he's lost control of people's. He, he don't think he can influence people anymore. Yeah, that's what this is all about. I mean, he thinks it's boring his office party, and and he's and he's fearing that he's, he's sort of imagining all sorts of debauchery going on at the disco. It's gonna, and he's saying, "Well, who's going to want to come to my yeah. office party it's, after after a disco?" It's going to be a downer. The yeah. next day, people are going to be hungover. They'll go out, and they'll be like, "Oh, Jesus, wet," and that's and that's it. So he knows that a boring party with people who are hungover is a recipe for disaster for, for Christmas party disaster. Which you'd think he'd like because he's so miserable, wouldn't he? He'd fit in really well with that. He would like it if he went to one that failed that he didn't organise, but this is going to fail on his watch. Uh, he can't bear that. Yeah. So anyway, right, next day. Well, actually, this isn't now a leap into the future by, by a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. Because the people from Brussels or France, yeah. wherever, I've come over... Um, Oh, we're there before all of that, actually. Um, we're in his office. We're in his office. Cause he's he, dictating a letter about some stock that's gone missing. Yeah, he looks out the window and sees Gary... Mr. Layton. ...in the George. Going into the George. Because from his window, from Harry's window, you can see the George, which is the venue for yeah. the competing party, can't you? No, it's not a surprise that Gary would be there. He's just pissed off that he's there. Yeah. He's thinking, God, he's getting his party all set up and... It's all right for some. Yeah, because it's, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and it's, it's not even finished work. No, it's not finished work, but he's setting up everything at the party. It's later on that evening, and so he's, he's pissed off about that. Well, he's then invited to come into the Peckham's office, yeah. and uh, he sees the French guy, and he starts speaking in French. Now, we, there's no subtitles. No, that was a bit of a disappointment, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it would have helped for what happens next, because the man says, after he's had this long conversation in French with him, he goes... 
I didn't know he spoke French. He turns to the French guy and he goes, he doesn't. <laughs> so it would have been nice to see where he got it wrong, yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. I quite like that... Uh, Quite like that. I mean, it's a, it's that's quite a good joke. I think that. It, I think it could have been done better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. Just off the top of my head, but I feel that I like the joke. Yeah. Uh, I just maybe it just went on too long. Yeah. Maybe it could have said. Uh, yeah. Maybe I agree. I think that could have been improved somehow. But yeah, yeah. It, that is a bit of light relief for what is yeah. essentially a very miserable episode and it's easy for us to sit here and say that could have been improved but I don't know how interior yeah with 12 listeners per episode (laughs) (laughs) so um, he's then oh yeah so whilst he's back in his office he's uh, kind of he's talking about how the Christmas decorations are like obstacles because he's trying to get you know he's hitting his head on them and stuff which again is Scroogey isn't it yeah absolutely yeah he doesn't see that it's meant to be a, a time of uplifting. Yeah. It's, it's just an annoyance. Yeah. The thing is, I don't think he has it in for Christmas. I think he has it in for how people treat Christmas, oh, for right. how they behave at Christmas. We have to have a Christmas party. We have to do it this way. We have to run. We have to rush. We have to be rude. We have to barge in. Yeah. That's what he has a problem with. See, is I, he can't just sit and still and let the world just work. I'm wondering why... He... Did first get involved in the Christmas party? Did did he feel like this thirty years ago? No, I agree. Uh, I think he obviously went. I'll I'll have a go. Yeah, and it worked. So he did it the next year, and it worked. So, he did it the third year. It worked, and they said you should do this every year, and that's how it happened. Yeah. So has he bittered over time? Bittered over time. Is, definitely. He, is he the sort of person who would be doing a blog about how miserable it is to be forty or something? They didn't have YouTube in them days. Right. Rob. Okay. He goes home. Yeah. He uh, is putting up Christmas lights. A bit late, perhaps? Well, we know that it's the twen- the night, it's got to be the nine, the 22nd. The, 20, uh, the 20th, isn't it? Because the office part is the 21st. Right, okay. And the disco is the 20th. Right, there we go then. So it's the 20th, so it's that night. So he's yeah. putting up Christmas decorations. A bit, a bit late, in my opinion. His wife is dressed up and she says to him, you better go upstairs because we're going out in a bit and get your dinner jacket on, we're going to make a meal of it. <laughs> because instead of them going to the George, they've agreed to go to this little, lovely little Italian. Yeah. She's booked a table for seven, she says. <laughs> for seven, he said. For seven, she seven said. 7pm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 7pm. Because yeah. yeah. it's just four of them going, because they're going with the Peckhams. Going with the Peckhams. So they're not going to the, the party, uh, the George party, either. Yeah. Great news. He seems to be a bit happier that at least somebody's on his wavelength. Yeah. Now then. He, uh, now he goes back to the office, but that's not really clear why he's back at the office from just going back home. No, they turn up, don't they? Is this, does, it, does, does he turn up with his wife at this stage? No, he's just he goes back to the office. Later he, on. I think he's picking up... Actually... I think he thinks he's picking up Peckham from the office. Uh, right. But because what he does is he, he takes a bottle from his office yeah. and he goes to Peckham's office. Sue comes out of the office, who he's never seen before. Who are you? She goes, I'm Sue, I'm the temp. He goes, I've just come to see Mr. Peckham. She, he's not here, he's gone out. Where's he gone? He's gone to the George. Yeah. I'm the only person who's not been invited. Everybody else is there. And he's like, fuck this. So he... Smashes, no, don't smash. He puts down the gl- the bottle, says, you know, there you go, happy Christmas or whatever he says. Yeah. And now he's in the mood. So he <laughs> leaves 
It's difficult to notice when he's in the yeah. movie, I would have thought. I mean, he's, he leaves the office and then decides, I'm going to go out to the George and see what the, the hell's going on then. Yeah, he seems to go back to his own office and have a drink first. There's carol yeah. singers. We can hear carol singers. Carol singers, singers yeah. Cut to carol singers on, on an external shot, and because uh, they're outside the George, and then we see um, Knox sort of looking in the window of the George, a he's bit a, like he's the having a spy. Spirit of Christmas past or something like that, isn't it? You yeah, see? I thought he looked a bit like Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places when he sees Eddie Murphy. Yeah. There. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah There's two different cultural references for you, and um, so he. He actually walks around the back of the George into like this party area, yeah. and 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 he quite rightly realizes there's no disco going to be here because it's all tables. They're all like sort of like set up for dinner service. He goes, "There's no, this isn't a disco," and now he must be thinking to himself, "I tell, you, I know what this is. This is about celebrating the merger. This is about having everybody in the company do this," and. Ignoring the actual Christmas party because they all want to be at this, and and, and that, I'm not invited. I'm not invited. Arm history. Yeah, because then what he does is he looks at his the name tags on the on top the, table. He sees Mr. Layton, Mrs. Layton, honourable guest is probably that French guy. Yeah, Mr. Peckham, honourable guests plus one. Yeah, whatever, Mrs. Peckham. So he's like, right, well that's my fate sealed. And he starts mocking them with this speech. But nobody's there, remember? This, yeah. isn't, this isn't a room where people are in. No, this is an empty room, room before that party is meant to have started. Yeah. I, I, see. I see. You see, actually, yeah, this, is, this has made something clear for me that uh, I, didn't, I didn't understand. What was that? I thought that he'd gone into... I thought that that room was where he was going to have the... the Official office party the next day. Oh no! This and that was... it was part of the office. No, but now I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he starts mocking them in this pretend speech, thanking everybody for how they've made him feel and stuff. Yeah. I didn't really listen to this because what's actually happening at the main t- at the time is he's put his cigar down. Yeah. On the table, it's come. It's knocked out of the ashtray, and it's now started to smoke at the tablecloth, that trestle table sort of cover. Yeah, and then it sort of ignites properly, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's proper flames. And he says, I've just got a, a little... He's not phased by this. He realises what's... He, I don't think he's done it on purpose, but he's realised once it's happened, I'm OK with that. Yeah, because at one point he gets a soda siphon yeah. or something to put it out, didn't he? but then he decides not to bother. He puts fuel to the flame. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And puts alcohol on it, which is going to make it worse. You know? that, that being the fuel, to be fair. It yeah, doesn't he... put fuel and alcohol on No. It. No, it's alcoholic fuel. Alcoholic fuel. So then um, he runs out, realising that the, the flame started. So down the fire escape. Down the fire escape. Runs home. Wife hears him, comes back. She says, right, we're, come on, for fuck's sake, we're going out in a bit. Yeah. So, so he, this is where she suggests he has a bath. He has a bath. So then they get ready. So that, that picking up Mr. Peckham, the time frame is a bit weird it's, here, yeah, isn't it? I so, can't, yeah. But anyway, that, this is, all we're doing, listeners, is telling you how it happened. Yeah. How yeah. it goes down. We, we're not, we can't be responsible no. for how it actually is, but this is what it does. They then set off. They're in the car, and they, they're being told that it's probably going to be later that they arrive because there's some sort of hold-up in the town centre. Uh-huh. The police drive past. Yeah. And then the car has to come to a stop, at which point they get out. Mr. Layton. Le- Mr. Peckham oh. is behind them, 
in the in another car in the same situation. He goes, "Hey, what you know?" And then Mister Layton then is there. He comes up and he says, runs over and says, "George has been burnt down." George has been burnt. And then he turns to the wife and says, "As long as he's here, pointing at Knox, it's all right." He says that. Uh, They've seen a chap running out of the building, so they'll presumably catch him. Eventually they'll catch this person, mm. yeah. And um, then they walk down to where the situation is happening and unfolding. All the time, and they're doing fine many things there, yeah. aren't they? Uh, the, the people are gathered round, rubbernecking. Yeah. At which point they said, they say... So we're now with Peckham, Leighton, and the wives. Yeah. Their wives are milling about elsewhere, but... Shall we tell him? Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? Shall we tell him about the secret? What do you mean? And then there's no merger. And he goes, what do you mean there's no merger? No, they wanted to put their name. They wanted to call it their name. So I've told them not not in a million years. And it's a slightly sort of wrong thing there. He, he sort of mentions mentions the amphibious creatures. Yeah, there, the, f- it? the frogs. Yeah. He refers to them as being frogs. And again, that was, that was probably all right back then. Back early 80s. That's yeah. what they were called, yeah. And then he says, so what do you mean, the secret then? And he goes, well, look, we were planning a dinner to celebrate you. Yeah. Right? So that, the George was, was the your night. They were going to celebrate him, giving, giving him a place on the board. On the board, yeah. And giving him a gold watch that works underwater. And a gold watch that works underwater. And, and, and he says, I can't read the inscription on the back. Now, that's never read out. So I don't know what, why mm. we're led with that. But anyway, then... Then he says uh, that the because what you talk about disco dancing, he says that was just a, a cover. Yeah, we didn't think you would go to that, so we didn't think you'd be like attending. And when we when you were going to go out on your you, you know your missus were going to bring you out, and you would arrive at this party almost by accident, and then we were to do the sort of surprise. So this is why I'm thinking that perhaps Mister Peckham was pretending not to understand when. Harry was going on about the disco. I, I think so as well. That he was, yeah, he was just like he, rather than deal with it and lie. Yeah, he would just act all like it's all right, we're okay. But what I don't understand though is right at the beginning of the episode when there was only Mister Layton and Amanda Redman in the office, they were still talking about the disco. What do you mean? Well, right at the beginning. Yeah. There were just those two in the office. Yeah. And they were talking about the disco. Yeah. Now, there was no one there for them to be having to cover it oh, up. Oh, they weren't, were they? Yeah. Maybe maybe it was Operation Disco Dancing. So they <laughs> so that's how they knew what they meant by it. It could be. Rather than say, oh, you know that thing that we've got for the surprise party yeah. and stuff, is call it, call it Disco Dancing. We know what we're talking about. Could be. We'll be fine with it that. It could be, yeah. And then... Now, without uh, dwelling any further, they—that's it. That's the end of the episode. The the the, the credits roll. The, the music the comes starts, up. Yeah. Couple of things. When they say here, uh, they've seen the suspect running down the stairway. I suppose I'll catch him at some point. Well, are we led to believe that he was going to get caught? I think so. I think that it's sort of. Uh, sort of add piles it on because he, obviously he's been he's been sort of marked for success here, and then through his own sort of bad behaviour, really, it's all gone up in smoke. 
Uh, and not only has he destroyed his future, he's going to get nicked for it. Now, wouldn't it have been nice if in the crowd, some woman who... There he is. ...said, oh my God, that's him. <laughs> now, that would have been, because that is an unexpected ending, but it's an unexpected ending with a little bit of Christmas cheer. Yeah. But the actual real proper twist, the sting, in, it's not a twist, is it? It's a sting. Yeah. The sting would have been saying, whoa, that's his man. Nab him. Yeah, yeah, that would You're be. nicked. And the kind of like the, you know, <laughs> that would have been a proper ending. And really, if we, because we often do this, don't we, and look to ways that we can improve yeah, it. It's, yeah. it's sort of like four, nearly 40 years down the line, mind, but we think, you know, knowing what we know now, maybe we could just add a little bit of spice to yeah, this. Yeah. I think that that would have worked. And that would have been a really, really disturbing way to end the season as well yeah it would have been it would have been good though yeah, yeah because people have been going ah oh, it all turned out right in the end because he got his watch and stuff but what we want people to go is just like the end of the flypaper which which still to this day bothers me is go oh my god that's that's oh <laughs> yeah that's yeah you want something i mean it's good isn't it if you've got something that stays with you after it's finished stays with you yeah that's it and I hope, listener readers, this uh, episode stays with you as a, a segue. And um, so what we said we'd do, if you just hark, remember back yeah. to the start of this uh, this season, we we're going to have a look at all the ones that we've done. And, and as we're finished on the last episode, see which one we enjoyed the most, our favourite moment and the worst episode. Right. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go. Okay. My... Worst episode is not because it was badly done. Right. My worst episode is because I don't ever want to watch it again. Right. And it's because it's so disturbing, and that is fly paper. Fly paper. Yeah. And and I have this similar thing when people ask me what my favourite horror because I'm a big horror fan. One of my favourite horror movies is um, Funny Games, which is so horrible, and it's not that it's gory; it's just disturbing. I don't ever want to watch it again. Eden Lake has a a similar sort of thing to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to watch it again, but that's not to take away from how amazing it was. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, it must have been that good for me never to want to watch it again. Yeah, genuinely. I mean, I don't watch torture porn or anything like that. I suppose that's not really... No, it's not like Saw or Hostel, is it? But I don't don't really even watch much horror. I think I read a good review of that in um, Empire. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was amazing. It's just, just horrible, and that that final sequence that was kind of a, yeah, that's ooh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, yeah. so anyway, so for for the fact that it's the worst, but because I don't ever want to watch it again, right? The flypaper, right? Favorite moment, it. I think it has to be just Amanda Redman. <laughs> I was as you know, I was a massive fan of Joan Collins. Yeah, but she's outstayed a welcome. I've not realised how slutty she actually is and she doesn't do herself any favours in the Tales of the Unexpected actually but we are still hoping to have her on as a guest I probably didn't need to mention that <laughs> last part. however I still think that she was hired her role that's perfect for Joan Collins because we need her to do this that and the other but Amanda Redman is a sort she's absolutely <laughs> wonderful right and my, so we're talking about favourite episode there, aren't we then? I actually uh, really liked, 
and I think this is down to the acting. Uh-huh. Vengeance is mine, Inc. Right. Um, I was going to say uh, the one with Greengrass in the... Uh, yeah. Where is the... Yeah, because... The, with the constable. The constable painting, yeah. But I actually really liked the... Uh, I like Vengeance is mine just because of how it's it's full of fun. Very well done. And I can also imagine that sort of business doing really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had to go for my least favourite episode, I'd say it's proof of guilt where the guy eats the gun. Because it's part I forgot about that, yeah. It's, it's just ridiculous. That In that episode, it has cliché detectives. Yeah. And possibly the worst... Uh, uh, not alibi. Uh, I guess sequence of. of What's ha- that? One? I don't know how, how to get away with murder. <laughs> I don't, whatever it is, but yeah, you're Story. right. Story, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I li- obviously, we like uh, Adam Dalgleish. Yeah, well, and we like uh, the uh, the old guy who was in Lovejoy. He was a young guy at this yeah. stage, Dudley Sutton. Dudley Sutton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we like him in it. He's very much put upon, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, it's it, there are cliched characters. In my mind, it's it's a, it's just a stupid plot, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I don't like it. So there you go. That's that one. So you wanted worst, worst, best, best and, and most memorable, and moment. memorable moment, right? I think uh, let me just have a think about this I've written here I'm just looking at my notes sorry to interrupt Um, where I've written it's not a disco it looks like um, I've written it's not a dildo (laughs) which is not it wasn't either it wasn't either of those I mean my my sort of worst uh, worst note was uh, Interior, house, tree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I think I'm going to go for one that you thought of as uh, as favourite with the uh, with the picture of a place with uh, Bill Maynard in it and stuff because I I, I like that. It's a gentle sort of thing, isn't it? Really, it's a fairly good twist. Bill Maynard's in it. Um, Jesse Matthews is in it who's obviously I, know, I like from um, Tom Thumb I like the, the fact it's another one of those where I don't mind her getting away with it yeah she's almost got one up yeah and even though it is illegal I, I don't mind her getting away with it yeah she's a mischief so finally then a memorable moment that could be good or bad. Yeah, well, right. well I'll tell you what I'm going to go for here. I'm going to go for, for Joni practising being dead on the bed. She's, and you get a shot of her from above and she's sort of adjusting a long white nighty so that she's sort of perfect. That, that's a, a real memorable moment for me. Yeah, almost that Marilyn Monroe style yeah. death scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. So we basically um, have both picked porny sort of reasons for... Uh, our memorable moments we have so. actually haven't we yeah, yeah. that's uh, a bit bad which I have no issue with at all <laughs> right that is the end of season 3 so we're going to go on a little break yeah now we're going to be back we're in a few weeks time with our special midsummer special La Couchette with La Couchette and now that train is cramped 
isn't it? So we're probably best not joining that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to come off location. Yeah, yeah I think one, back to the studio. Yeah, let's go back to the studio. We'll see how season four pans out, and then maybe, maybe go back to five. five. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I tell you what, what have we got to look forward to in in season uh, four? What, what give us some highlights? Some well, we've got. Would you believe it? About uh, a dig in Jordan, where a statue of a woman's discovered. Okay. We've got uh, vicious circle, where an elderly woman catches a thief in her home, befriends him, and tries to set him on the straight and narrow. Okay. We've got. We've a Roald Dahl. Yeah, but do you know which one it is? It's the turtle. Yeah. Now, listeners, this is one where I honestly don't mind if you unsubscribe <laughs> for, for one week. Uh, I'll let you know when that comes up. Well, I thought maybe the thing for that one is to just do a short podcast which says, there's one about a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we have to, for posterity, record it. But we might have to do something yeah. with that episode. And if, so, you if you don't want to listen to it, don't. But what? 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 Well, why not we just talk about it in ten minutes and spend the rest of the time discussing something else that happened? People very well might think that's what we do every week. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, that's it for season three. We will see you in a few weeks' time for the special. Rob, all right, all good, all good. See okay. you soon. See you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.